Hey, my name is Julia Stern, and this is my brand new podcast called Not My Best. I'll tell you a little bit more about that name later, um, but thank you for coming. Thanks for listening. You might know me as a rumble trainer, and I'm also a career changer, so I used to work as a sixth grade math teacher, which is very different from what I do now. I also used to be a professional dancer, which is also very different from what I do now. But the real reason that I decided to start this podcast is because I am what I like to call a recovering perfectionist. So this podcast is a direct result of the shift in culture that I've noticed in my years since moving to New York. I currently live in the city of go-getters, of dreamers, of doers, and that is the exact reason that I wanted to move here in the first place. But since moving here, I have met some amazing people, my best friends, my mentors, and people who have helped me to grow. But I've also been taught that ambition is a positive quality here. And it is, as long as it's not taken to an extreme. So I don't know what's happened, and I think that technology has a lot to do with it. But somewhere down the line, we have set expectations for ourselves that simply aren't attainable as human beings. And we're repeatedly disappointed when we're not leveling up. And I think it really comes down to this sentence. We are not made to perform at our best 100% of the time, period. No matter what society is telling us, it's impossible and it's robot-like. And I think that having everything at our fingertips is a blessing, but it's also a curse. We have these insane amounts of information wherever and whenever we want it, but we don't know how to power off, how to reset. And we've even taken self-care, which is supposed to be stress-free and taking care of ourselves, and we've complicated it so much that it's become another item on our never-ending to-do list. And we see what our peers are doing. Saying peers makes me sound old, but you know what I mean. We see what everybody is doing at every moment, all the time, in real time, and it leaves us with these inevitable comparisons, always. Even when we say that we're not comparing, we're still comparing, it's nature. We've glorified being busy so much that if we slow down and we don't make any plans for ourselves, now we start asking if we're doing enough. Now there's anxiety. Now we're wondering if we're falling behind. It's this vicious cycle. Your social life has to look good on Instagram. We have a culture where we hardly rewear outfits anymore, which by the way is horrible for the environment, but also my Revolve bills are insane. I got an email from them a couple weeks ago that was like, you're one of our top customers. And I was like, I actually spend half my life savings there. So no wonder I'm one of your top customers. It's not healthy. So our vacations need to be exotic. They need to be often, they need to be Instagrammable. And I went to an influencer event recently where young girls were having like these full on photo shoots with no shame until they got the perfect shot. What are we teaching the next generation and what is going on here? And the ultimate problem is that all of these things are so short term. We look for perfection in the moment because it makes us feel accomplished right in that moment. But then the moment passes. Now we're scrambling for our next sense of accomplishment and we're setting ourselves up for one big anxiety attack. We need to start playing the long game. Stop looking for just those individual moments. And we need to look at our life as a whole. I think that getting rid of the word best from our vocabulary just for a second is a great start. And that's where Not My Best podcast comes in. I wanna take the word best out of the picture, get rid of it. Replace it with the word better. We're constantly being told Live your best life, be the best version of yourself, take a picture, post about it. So here's my call to action. Instead of focusing on being the best, giving your best, doing your best, over and over and over again until you crack, I think we should start aiming to become just a little bit better, 
one step at a time. So that's what I'm talking about on this podcast with people who are doing it. People in fitness, on topics like relationships, nutrition, motherhood, running businesses, empowering other people, and so much more. We're gonna have these conversations in a candid, realistic way where I just call things as they are and we can all own the process together. So I just wanna be clear about something. Not my best is not settling. It's not an excuse, it's not laziness, it's not shooting for the stars when you should be aiming higher. It's simply a form of self-love that says you're human. You need to stop comparing your life with everyone else and you need to own your growth one little tiny step at a time. If we focus on becoming one step better in every single thing we do, we'll get much further than if we aim to be at our best all of the time and then feel like crap when we fall short of that. Because I don't have a guest on this first episode, and usually I will, I want to share my story about how I arrived here and ultimately what's made me so passionate about this. So I'm not taking you all the way back for my whole life story to seven years old in the first grade, but just for a second, the first memory that I have of this perfectionism was in a math class. I got a 98, which was one wrong, and instead of owning it, I erased the wrong answer, wrote in the right one, and then told my teacher that she made a mistake in grading it. First of all, not the best kid, but also seven-year-old me was savage. My teacher was smarter than a first grader, so that's that. She figured it out and I got in trouble. I'm in no way proud of this moment and I'm still mad that my parents punished me and I couldn't go to field day as a seven-year-old, but that should have been my first clue that it is okay not to be perfect, but it was only the tip of the iceberg from there. So let's fast forward a little bit. I went to school for psychology and education at Rutgers in New Jersey, and I wound up finishing my undergrad and then went straight to grad school. And the entire time, I liked what I was doing, but I was worried that I was in a single track education with no opportunities, which is wild for me to think that, but that's what I felt at the time. My degree as a teacher was so linear, and I knew that I loved teaching, but I also knew that I didn't want to be a teacher forever. And I had no idea how I was going to be able to break out of that. What I really loved was dance and fitness and movement, but I also didn't know how to develop a career out of that and I didn't think that it was possible. So my solution as an overachiever was to do both. My first year as a teacher, I would leave school as soon as it ended and I danced in the NBA, which was an hour away from where I taught in Philadelphia with the Sixers. And if you know how much work a first year teacher has, this was so stressful. I would get to work early. I would work through lunch every single day, which didn't make me super popular with the other teachers. And eventually that was a really poor work environment for me. And I would get home at midnight from my games in Philly and I'd be up again at 5 a.m. to have a classroom of 30 kids. It was very tough. So years two to four, I stopped dancing, but I kept a million other part-time jobs after school. And I told myself, if I'm doing what I love, it doesn't matter how many hours I work. So I taught dance, I taught fitness, I coached cheerleading, I tutored, glorifying being busy, always busy. And at one point, I even remotely worked as an online stylist for one of those subscription box companies, which was totally irrelevant, but I thought that maybe I wanna work in fashion. I was grasping here at any opportunity to learn more and to do more. I now know that you can do anything, you just can't do everything. And this was the mess of a process that helped me to figure that out. So now here we are in 2016. I get engaged and it's all very exciting. Uh, if you're listening and you found me off Instagram, you know that Andy is my husband and we both work at Rumble together. But I actually met him when I was 15 years old. We got engaged 10 years later, and on that front, I could not be luckier. He is my best friend, and I'm very lucky in that part of my life. 
But in June of 2016, he was approached by a company called Rumble. Boom. And we needed to move to the city. So this was my escape. I ultimately worked for one more year as a teacher, but we locked in an apartment in New York, which is where we still live. And I decided that when we moved to the city, I'm not applying to any more teaching jobs and I'm changing my career. Now, I didn't admit that to the world. I only admitted it to myself. So when people asked me what I was doing for work, I would be like, um, yeah, I applied to a few places here and I haven't heard back and maybe I'll substitute teach. I couldn't admit that I was quitting cold turkey because I didn't have a plan, I wasn't confident in it, and I didn't want to not be taken seriously. So while all this is happening, a month after we were engaged, Andy's dad passed away super suddenly with a heart attack. And a month after that, his mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So now, just to recap, here is my 2016-2017 in a nutshell. I'm quitting my job, I'm changing my career completely, I'm moving to a new city, I'm celebrating my new engagement, I'm learning to live with my future spouse because we hadn't lived together before, I'm planning a wedding, I'm grieving my father-in-law, I'm helping to take care of my mother-in-law, and I'm supporting Andy, who at this point is breaking down, and I'm still a perfectionist, so I'm trying to do all of these things perfectly. What a fucking time. It was the hardest time of my life. So I think back to those days and how hard they were, when in fact, my actual life has not gotten really a lot easier, but the way that I was handling it because of my perfectionist self made it the hardest time. So I didn't have this do better, not my best philosophy. I didn't have the mindset. I didn't have the communication skills or the self-confidence or the experience to hold on when things are hard. So I tried anything until it stuck. I want to focus on talking about my career change for a second. I moved to the city after getting married in July and the honeymoon was in August and I rode out the rest of the summer going out, seeing friends and doing absolutely nothing. It was great. I wasn't working. Then September 1st hit and I have no classroom to go back to. So something about the fall when everyone settles into a routine gave me major anxiety and I knew that I was changing careers, but I also didn't have a concrete game plan. As a perfectionist with a roadmap for everything that I've done up to here, this was an absolute nightmare. I was paralyzed and my anxiety set in big time. The lack of structure in my day was so daunting and I would Google how to change careers just to find anything that would tip me off. I took meetings, I talked to people, but ultimately it was an absolute disaster. And this was also at a time where Instagram didn't mean as much to me as it does now and the resources that I have from following different people who have done it before, that didn't exist. So I felt completely lost. What I did know how to do really well at the time was fill my plate with busy. So that's what I did. My first job in fitness here was at a dance cardio studio, which I still love and adore, and I had so much fun doing it. But when I got on the mic, did I really believe that I was good at this? Not really. I was faking it until I made it. So I knew that I wanted to be at Rumble, but there was no way in hell that I was able to or wanted to slide in there as Andy's wife. The company was brand new at the time. The best of the best were being hired, rightfully so, and I didn't have the boxing experience. I was a teacher and a dancer. So I worked behind the front desk hourly and I took shifts where I could. Looking back, this was the best thing that I did because I learned all about the front of house business, which was so clutch when we started to move around the country and to open up these studios and other markets. Internally though, I was an absolute wreck at this point. My communication with Andy was so poor, I would get frustrated and I would yell. He was an saint during this time. But ultimately I was frustrated with myself and I didn't know how to communicate that. 
I was used to being good at what I do. I was used to knowing the steps to become good, even if I wasn't good at something. But right now, all that was in front of me was this blank space. And it was like banging my head against a wall. I had no idea how to progress in my career. There were times during my time behind the desk at Rumble where I experienced major anxiety attacks. I had my first panic attack where I had to leave and go around the corner to sit and catch my breath. I had become a version of myself that I truly did not recognize. I would get anxious because I made this move. I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. I wasn't even sure that I was good at what I was doing. And I felt like I was being judged in a space where I was a wife, in a space where I took a step back. And now I don't think anybody was actually judging me and it's cool now to say that I don't care if anyone was, but I want to make it clear that this was totally self-inflicted and it was self-sabotaging and I was at an all-time low. After what was like the hundredth time that I felt this way, I knew that I needed to make a change. I found Danny, who now works in LA and she has become a very good friend to me. And all I did was I just asked her to work two times a week, one-on-one -on -one, to teach me how to box. I knew that I couldn't do this unprepared and learning was my first step. So I was literally petrified at this time, but I just kept swallowing nerves. And that was the skill that I developed during this period that was really hard was swallowing nerves and continuing to step forward. Now today, stepping forward into the unknown is so freaking easy for me. But back then it was my perfectionist self who felt like it was impossible. And overcoming these physical symptoms of anxiety was exhausting but I kept putting on a front. So while I was doing this, I started to put myself out there on Instagram a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit at a time. Again, faking it until I was confident, but I started to grow. I was honest and I still am honest in my captions and when I post, and I wanted to document the process of changing my career. When you say it in one sentence, she quit her job as a teacher and she started to become a trainer. It sounds so simple, but like I'm explaining, the day to day was so much more of an ordeal than that. So after posting and putting myself out there, I received a DM from a streaming fitness company who, again, I still love and still exists today. They asked me to audition and I took it and I got it. And this was the first time that I was taken seriously by another company as being known as a fitness instructor in New York. And it was a little confidence boost. I was still anxious. I was still faking it, still trying to figure it out, but that helped a little bit. So now let's fast forward to my first audition at Rumble. The partners are in the room, no people working out, which was a lovely anxiety-filled time for me. Again, it was all self-inflicted and I wanna make that clear, but I thought that my entire life was riding on this audition. Now a word of advice, never think that your entire life is riding on anything. Everything is always figureoutable. But anyway, that's how I felt at the time. So I get on stage, I start my audition and the volume knob breaks. So if you've been to Rumble before, you know that loud music and dark lights is what makes the workout. So this is what was equivalent of taking a perfectionist and running her over with a truck. Of course, it got in my head. Of course, I wasn't great and it was a mess. I left the audition, had an anxiety attack, and I'm not proud of this. I'm not saying it because I'm saying, look how far I've come, but I'm saying it because it's relatable, because it's unexpected, and because if one person hears this and continues to go after what they want because of it, then it's worth it to me. So for the sake of time, I'm just going to summarize the rest of the story. 
I get hired only to teach four classes on the schedule because my bosses, and rightfully so, didn't know if I was ready. And honestly, where my confidence level was at, I wasn't ready. So at this point, I'm part of the management team at Rumble because of my front desk experience. And as we begin to open these new studios, I moved to LA with Andy and there's a ton of work that goes into it. I'm so happy to be on the ground, still am, helping to build this company, but at the time I really didn't want to work in operations. I was working really long days, still trying to be a good trainer for the classes that I was teaching, and I was really anxious and I was very worried that I wasn't doing a good enough job because I'm still a perfectionist at this point. And so I wish that there was some like magic formula but there really wasn't. I meditated, I took it literally one minute at a time, I applied this better, not best mindset, and I built my confidence back. Literally one minute at a time, that's not an exaggeration. I applied the strategy of not my best, and I told myself this mantra, which I still say all the time, do what you can, and that's all you can do. Not my best. I focused on being a little bit better, not my best. And today, I'm thriving personally. I focused on teaching the best class that I possibly could. Four months later, I was a full-time trainer and out of operations. I've helped to open up studios in LA, San Francisco, DC, and New York. I've trained thousands and thousands of clients all over the country in only two years time. And I know that now, even without a roadmap, anything is possible. I've worked with major brands, including a trip to Paris this year with Nike. I've worked with Drybar and Reebok. I was featured in InStyle magazine. And now within Rumble, I'm a talent manager who currently helps to manage other trainers on the team. I care very, very little of what people think of me. Even with no roadmap, I'm confident that I'm capable of doing anything. If I don't know how to do something, like start a podcast, I know that I'm capable of doing it and putting myself out there without fear. From the girl in 2017 who was suffering panic attacks, this is major. And now it's my mission to share that information and to have conversations with other people and to change this perfectionist culture to be more accepting of this not my best mindset, to be a little bit better, not my best. Now my challenges have not stopped. Andy and I both work an insane amount of hours. My mother-in-law passed away last week with a horrible fight with cancer and watching her and Andy go through that was one of the worst times of my entire life while balancing everything else. It's incredibly strenuous and challenging in real life and unfortunately it's taken trauma to help me get to this point but your happiness is so valuable that if you waste time on things that don't matter you're ultimately wasting your life. I look at pictures of people on Instagram living their so-called best life and the thing is I know that's fleeting and I know that's not being negative it's being real and it's actually a positive mindset. I know that holding on to the good moments as hard as you can and refusing to have a bad one is setting yourself up for defeat. I think when we have highs, they need to be honest, not filtered. They need to be appreciated and celebrated. But when we have lows, they need some recognition too. And it's okay to sit in them and it's okay to struggle and it's okay to be not your best, just a little bit better at a time. This podcast is a marathon, it's not a sprint, and I'm here for the long game. I am so excited to grow with you. I'm excited to be real and have some good discussions and laugh at ourselves when we need to because Lord knows I am very sarcastic and I laugh at myself all the time. I've got some good guests coming, some really, really good guests. We're creating a community here and we are changing the perfectionist culture. 
So you can find this podcast every Tuesday morning, wherever podcasts are found. I am excited to wake up with you on a Tuesday and have some good conversations. And then we connect on social. I'm on Instagram at Julia L. Stern, same for Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, although I haven't posted anything yet because I can't figure out how to use it, but I'm there too. Again, this is not my best podcast, and I want to encourage you to stop trying to live your best life and start actually living a better one. See you next week.